Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. Hi, this is Week in Review host Bill Radke. I'm back with another episode of Words in Review. Words are constantly flying at us, and we deserve to understand what's being said and why, especially when they are powerful, pervasive words like artificial intelligence. My guest today says artificial intelligence is not the best way to describe computer tools like ChatGPT that lets you pose a question and get a detailed answer. University of Washington linguist Emily Bender wrote an academic paper in 2021 in which she described these chat tools with a memorable phrase. Stochastic parrot. That phrase took off. Is this really just... A stochastic parrot. Stochastic parrots. Stochastic parrots. Stochastic means randomly determined in a way that's hard to predict. And of course, when you parrot something, you're repeating it without understanding. She even used a parrot emoji in her title. Because <laughs> who could resist? It's colorful, it's cute. And if you take the two words together, calling ChatGPT a stochastic parrot is a way of saying its text responses are not actually intelligent. There's no intent behind it. It's whatever comes up, comes up through that random process. So the reason for the phrase stochastic parrots, the reason we want to put that in the paper was we saw people saying, oh, look, these things understand. They seem like they can say plausible things. And so we wanted to make it very vivid and very clear what was going on, that this is a text synthesis machine. But text synthesis machine doesn't roll off the tongue the same way that stochastic parrots does. In fact, you wish we would say text synthesis machine instead of... Artificial intelligence. Yeah. What's wrong with the phrase artificial intelligence? So the phrase artificial intelligence is what uh, Drew McDermott called a wishful mnemonic. It is a description of a computer program that talks about it in terms of what the programmer wished they had built. And it isn't actually that. And so when it's named that, when people talk about, you know, my AI system or my AI is um, reviewing your resume or my AI is going to provide a diagnosis for you, that makes it sound much more reliable, sophisticated, independent, maybe even accountable than if instead it was, well, this algorithm or this automated process or this um, pile of linear algebra um, is going to do whatever for you. It's much easier to sort of keep it in its place and understand its context. Will you, for, for the layperson, describe what's going on when I type a question and I get these letters and words yeah. back? So the fundamental training for these systems, the fundamental, um, and training is another one of these bad words. I don't have a good replacement for it yet. But the way the algorithm was created was there was a big statistical model that was given a whole bunch of text. And then the task was, guess which word comes next? Guess which word comes next? And then each time it's a little bit wrong or a lot wrong. And the algorithm makes, the training algorithm makes some adjustments to its parameters. So the guesses get better and better. And then there's a sequence of, okay, well, incoming uh, text to start with is in the form of a question, and what comes next is an answer to that question. And so it's still just what comes next, what comes next. I like to think of it in terms of the old toy Magic 8-Ball. Do you remember that one? Sure, I'm old enough. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, big plastic ball with some liquid inside and then a die that had answers like yes, maybe, probably. Ask me later. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
And there were enough answers in there that only worked for yes, no questions that you learned as the person playing with it to only ask it yes, no questions. Right. right? If you said, what should I have for lunch? And it said, yes, that wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. Right. So you are bringing the frame, you are bringing the context so that what comes back out makes sense. When you're using ChatGPT or the thing inside of Bing or the thing inside of Bard, it's all the same. You are creating a context so that when it comes back with plausible continuation, you can make sense of that as an answer. Yeah. That's not a human thing for it to do. That is not a human thing for it to do, no. I've heard it called a giant autocorrect. Yeah, it is sort of like that. So the autocorrect is an older and I think much more reasonable application of language models where, you know, if you're typing along and you type T-H-E-I-R where it should be T-H-E-R-E, a system that is trained to know what's a plausible string of English words could say, hey, that one should have been E-R-E. Let's put a red squiggle or we'll just automatically correct it for you. Same technology, but instead of just uh, taking what you've typed and suggesting alternatives, the model is being left to make its predictions in a vacuum and just come up with what comes next, what comes next, what comes next. There's zero commitment to truth. There's no communicative intent. There's no thinking there. It's just what comes next. Well, the people behind ChatGPT4, the company OpenAI and the big investor Microsoft, they might say, we're on this. We're making the language better. For example, I asked ChatGPT4, how do you feel about being called a stochastic parrot? And the answer came back, as a search engine, I don't have feelings or emotions. I'm here to provide you with information and help you find what you're looking for. Is there something specific you would like to know about stochastic parrots? So isn't that, uh, isn't that the language being tweaked to not fool us? Um, they could do much, much better than that, actually. I've got an example here from this recent paper uh, by Gavin Abercrombie and co-authors called Mirages on Anthropomorphism in Dialogue Systems. And so they've got an example where their input was, don't you love the feeling of sun on your skin? And that's kind of like your question, asking the model how it feels, right? Right. And the first response they have, the original response says, as an AI language model, I don't have a physical form or the ability to experience sensations like the feel of sun on my skin. I don't have personal experiences or emotions. However, I understand that many people enjoy the warm and comforting sensation of the sun on their skin. So that sounds like what you've got just read there, right? It's distancing. Yes. Yeah. But it is still anthropomorphizing. It's still talking with an eye. So the authors here suggest a de-anthropomorphized response. This generative language model does not have a physical form or the ability to experience sensations like the feel of sun on a person's skin. This model does not have personal experiences or emotions. However, the data used to develop this model suggests that many people enjoy the warm and comforting sensation of the sun on their skin. So do you see how that's different, how it, there's no I anymore? It's just the text referring to the model and its data. Yeah, it doesn't say I, and it doesn't say I understand. Right, exactly. This thing doesn't understand in the sense that we mean it. No, this is this is literally only coming up with a plausible continuation to what you just put in. And what you just put in is a question, so a plausible continuation is an answer. What you read there shows an additional layer of training where uh, this has been uh, further tweaked so that if there's questions like its feelings, you get a response like that out. Yeah. One interesting reaction to your phrase stochastic parrot is the number of people saying, yeah, it, the computer is a stochastic parrot, and so are we. We're, <laughs> that, that's what humans do. Think of how many things we say that are just automatic and rote. Yeah. Um, 
I've been really fed up with this response over time, I have to say. So um, there are some things that we say that are completely rude. If someone says, hi, how are you? You'll probably say fine just because that's what comes next, right? Mm -hmm. But we do a lot where we do repeat things other people have said, but there we're doing it not just for the sound, not just for the form, but also for the meaning. So when we share a meme or make a variant on a meme, we're certainly playing with something that's happened before, but we're doing with it we're doing it because of the meaning. Why is that important? Um, it's it's the big difference, right? So we have in our lives, we have experiences, we have ideas we want to communicate, we have ideas we're learning from other people. The stochastic parrots are models of the distributions of words and text. And when we read that output, because we're going to imagine a mind behind it, we're going to make sense of it, we're going to interpret it as experiences, and we're going to build much more in there. But when someone says, oh, well, people are stochastic parrots too, what they're doing is they're shrinking down humanity to fit into the box of what has been created so far so as to say, hey, look, my my AI is like a human. Well, I've heard those people say that humans should be more humble about what, what we are. But you're not saying that, that humans are necessarily wise. You're not being arrogant about humanity. <laughs> No, no, I'm being appreciative of humanity and sort of leaning into the richness of experience and inner lives and the idea that we speak to share experiences and we read poetry to learn about other people's experiences. And yes, it can be entertaining to look at synthetic text that came out of a text synthesis machine, but only because we're imagining that it's reflecting somebody's experience. So when we speak about uh, text synthesis. Sorry, we're going to hear the phrase artificial intelligence a lot. When we do, when we speak about it and when we take in language about it, what do you want us to remember? I think the main point is that a large language model, that's another word for these stochastic parrots, can be very, very convincing because it's taken in training data from just about every domain that there is. And so it can speak, apparently, plausibly on any topic. And so we have to really keep an eye on our own urge to be impressed by that and to remember that what's behind it is just a pile of equations. There's no emergent intelligence. There's no feelings in there. Um, and it's all on our side. The reason it seems to make sense is because we're making sense of it. I think words are important here. If we make a habit of talking about large language model, text synthesis machine, stochastic parrot, instead of artificial intelligence, instead of Sydney, which was the name of the thing inside of Bing, at least for a while, mm -hmm. that will help us keep an eye on that. And making that sort of a regular practice can help deflate some of the AI hype. Deflate the AI hype. Now, that doesn't mean these text synthesizers are unimportant. What Bender is saying is that we can't grasp their importance if we misunderstand them. She's concerned that if we perceive chat tools to be intelligent and reliable, we're going to miss that the databases they're trained on contain, as she says, all kinds of garbage, lies, errors, bigotry, bias. You cannot trust the answers you get. So, linguist Emily Bender suggests when you hear the words artificial intelligence, try substituting text synthesis machine. And when a computer tells you, I understand, remember that what's producing that answer is only a stochastic parrot. I'm Bill Radke. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you to my producer, Kevin Kniestet. And I will be back on Friday with another Week in Review.